Hello and welcome to Udcast episode 14. This is head of school Dan Glass with you live here at the Sound Lab at the Brandeis School of San Francisco exploring the Souls curriculum here on this cold and wet San Francisco day. We are going to begin today with a poem, as we always do, um, and thought we'd begin with a Robert Creeley poem uh, called For Love, which uh, is the title poem of a collection uh, of his uh, from the early 60s, I believe. And um, I, I wanted to read this poem because I'm going to reference an Eileen Miles poem uh, on the Yudcast here today. Uh, that is engaging with this poem. So I thought this would be an interesting place to start. Uh, and I, as I thought of reading Creeley and thought of reading For Love, um, I went to my bookshelf and looked uh, under C because um, I alphabetized my poetry books by author's last name. Uh, and was disappointed to see that it wasn't there. Um, and... Uh, I have a really lovely um, uh, edition of Creeley's Collected Poems um, that I found in an old used bookstore somewhere along the way. Uh, Many of my favorite books have that kind of origin story uh, volumes that lived some life prior to arriving to me. Um, And... Uh, but you know, one of my one of my challenges in the world is uh, living a uh, with a multiple locations for my book collection and and poetry collection in particular. It, it's important to me to have poetry uh, present in my office because I am frequently reaching for it, um, as I've said elsewhere and before, to help me make sense of a moment or the world. And it's equally important for me to have poetry present in my home uh, and have it visible uh, there for my children um, and for friends and neighbors that come to visit. Um, And also so that in in moments of thinking, writing, working at home, I can can reach for the books there. Uh, But alas, I do not have two copies of every single book. And so I struggle sometimes. Thankfully, I do have some uh, excellent anthologies that I picked up along the way. Uh, This is uh, that I'm holding in my hand. It's the Norton Anthology of American Literature. Um, And it's broken up into a number of large uh, anthology books. Um, And this is volume E, which uh, is 1945 to the present and thankfully does contain... Creeley's For Love being uh, a uh, canonical poem, for sure, um, from a canonical poet. So with that long introductory ramble, here is For Love, uh, dedicated for Bobby, um, Creeley's wife at the time. Uh, And I think today, it being my ninth anniversary with my wife, Kate, I will dedicate this to Kate. Yesterday I wanted to speak of it, 
That sense above the others to me important because all that I know derives from what it teaches me. Today, what is it that is finally so helpless, different, despairs of its own statement, wants to turn away, endlessly to turn away? If the moon did not, no, if you did not, I wouldn't either, but what would I not do? What prevention? What things so quickly stopped? That is love yesterday or tomorrow, not now. Can I eat what you give me? I have not earned it. Must I think of everything as earned? Now love also becomes a reward so remote from me I have only made it with my mind. Here is tedium, despair, a painful sense of isolation and whimsical if pompous self-regard. But that image is only of the mind's vague structure, vague to me because it is my own. Love, what do I think to say? I cannot say it. What have you become to ask? What have I made you into, companion? Good company, crossed legs with skirt or soft bones, and soft body under the bones of the bed. Nothing says anything but that which it wishes would come true. Fears what else might happen in some other place, some other time, not this one. A voice in my place, an echo of that only in yours. Let me stumble into not the confession, but the obsession I begin with now. For you, also, also, some time beyond place, or place beyond time, no mind left to say anything at all, that face gone now. Into the company of love, it all returns. Mm, beautiful poem. I love how it plays with the the unknowability and the, uh, the, the unexpressibility of, of love itself. Um, and uh, it seems like a great place to begin here today. So I begin today with a quote, what does the evening mean? Eileen Miles, one of the more profound living American poets, she is also uh, a queer icon, never more so than since her star turn on Transparent, where uh, she is written as a character, as this uh, sort of iconic lesbian poet professor, um, and she also shows up in one of the episodes uh, as a party-goer um, in attendance with her uh, imagined self. Um, but Eileen Miles asks this question, what does the evening mean, in a beautiful short poem of hers called For My, Ram for My Rampant Muse, For Her. Uh, and you can read that um, on uh, Brain Pickings, which is a fascinating newsletter website that's put out. It's one of the uh, things that gets dropped into my inbox that always makes me feel bad that I don't have enough time to read it. Uh, and then every time I do actually make time to read through um, the offerings, it, I'm so glad that I did. It's so fascinating. So um, in the word of the week, uh, which I'm reading and riffing on here, uh, there's a link to uh, a video of Eileen Miles reading this poem um, for my rampant muse for her. Uh, it's a really beautiful poem. I recommend it to you. Um, the poem itself engages with uh, Creeley's book for love, um, and it, it takes part also in the long tradition of poets addressing youth from the perspective of age. 
The poet's 28-year-old self flashes through the lines, drinking bourbon, wearing sneakers, dancing through some lost evening's beauty. This poem came to mind for me this past week powerfully in the wake of Oakland's ghost ship tragedy. I felt the ripples of the loss of those young artists and writers and dancers throughout my overlapping communities, the poets who were at a reading with me on Friday and then skipped across the bay to attend the party, the boy at the School of the Arts just up the hill from our house who was recently at a Brandeis graduate's home for dinner, and many, many friends of friends. It has brought to mind my own 20 and 28-year-old self, hosting poetry readings in galleries on the second floors of warehouses, attending concerts in abandoned buildings, the evenings and the spaces in which the creative find their muses. I remember the first such show I attended at a warehouse in Oakland while a student at Cal, the trepidation and the excitement I felt to be entering and claiming such unclaimed territory. I remember leaving that night, setting out across dark streets, flush with possibility. Yesterday, I sat with first graders in Miss Eisenhower's class and talked with them about reading. Language itself is magical, I told them, because it gives you the power to describe not just the world around you, but to imagine new worlds. And that muscle of imagining new possibilities is one we all need to build, to strengthen, and to grow. Tuesday afternoon, I sat with parents and teachers from our community here to talk about our core values, and about courage especially. Among other things, we discussed the Hebrew, Hebrew phrase omets lev, which means courage of the heart. Daron Neuberger, our amazing Judaic engineering build teacher, pushed us to consider the word's origins. The root is ametz, or strength. But it is not actually strength, the noun. It is a verb, to be strong. The root of courage, then, in the Hebrew is strength as an action. I sat there thinking of the courage it takes to reclaim the unclaimed, to dance, to write, to make art, the act of being strong that is imagining. Yesterday afternoon, our leadership team sat discussing the idea of ethical creativity, the idea that our creative work in the world should be built upon a foundation of wanting to make the world better, of kindness and empathy, of courage. We talked about a visit to our school from the artist Ned Kahn last week, and the videos he showed our students of breathtaking sculptures he built, many of which also had a sense of purpose, to have a positive environmental impact. We discussed how to bring the question of the connection between creativity and Jewish ethics to our students, to put this area of inquiry for our school in their hands and minds and hearts. I left the meeting wondering what safer spaces our young architects might design for future parties and readings and openings. My muse has always been my daughters, or it has been in the eight or nine years since I've known them. For all of us, I think, our children become a central reason for imagining new possibilities, for doing the hard work of tikkun olam, repairing the world. I want to thank everyone in the community for supporting the work we're doing here at Brandeis, and shout out to Giving Tuesday. We raised almost $40,000 last week. 
This work we're doing in trying to build new possibilities for Jewish education, for our children, and for the world we live in and will leave to them. So here is to that good work and to them, our rampant muses. Wishing you all weekends full of lamplit evenings, my friends. Shabbat Shalom to all of you who are listening on Shabbat. Thank you for spending some time with us here. I hope on this Thursday you are all staying dry and warm because it is, as I said, a cold and a wet one out there. Until next week, 